0: Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. That's a lot better than the first service, wasn't it? Fantastic. You know what? As John said, we are less than two weeks away, and I love this time of year. Um, You know what? Christmas actually came early uh, in the Folkins household, and um, I I had the pleasure of putting up uh, the lights um, outside. My my wife uh, actually said, I'm going to do the Christmas tree, uh, the decorations inside. I'll put everything up in the 22 degree warmth of the house, <laughs> cozy and warm. Did I say warm of the house? And she said, you can do the lights outside where well, it wasn't just one degree. No, it was two degrees. And I was just putting up the lights there and putting the decoration, putting the reindeer, the stepping back. No, that's a change. And freezing cold, two degrees. But my lovely wife bought me some nice warm mulled wine. That was nice. And the kids got involved, and they opened all the boxes, and they were helping put the decorations up. Uh, It was a great time. It's it's definitely an event. But we did this all at the end of November. Now, for all of you only in December people, don't hate on me. But like John said, does anyone else in November, did you put your Christmas decorations up? See those hands. There's more in this service. Thank you. (laughs) Who's the only December people? Come on. Jesus, may they, you forgive them. <laughs> I actually heard um, uh, another John actually came over to me during um, this, uh, the last service, and he said that he does surveys on people's houses. And uh, he actually went into a house um, on the 29th of September, and there was a Christmas tree up already. So November's not too bad, is it? November's where we're reaching, we're reaching. So, But... All the decorations, the mulled wine, but you know what, it is not Christmas until you have the sound of your Christmas playlist. And we say to Google, hey Google, play Christmas playlist on Spotify. And there, the very man himself, Mr. Michael Buble, he belts out, he comes out of his cave for one month of the year, doesn't he? And he starts to sing, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Take a look at the five and ten. It's glistening once again with candy canes and silver lanes aglow. Come on, everyone. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Toys in every... St- and that's all I know. I don't know anything else. That's all I know. I'm very brave to sing this. For some reason, I get up on this stage and I tend to embarrass myself. I don't know why. But um, what's that? Thank you very much. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. I'm a good singer in the shower, and that's about it. At MKCC, like we have heard last week and, and today, we're continuing our MKCC Christmas playlist, exploring some of the carols that we know all too well, that we sing every Christmas, and we belt out verse by verse. Uh, but we want to talk about a bit more of the meaning and where they come from and what it is about these carols that make them so special. Uh, the first Noel, as we've already heard, uh, it starts like this. The first Noel, the angel did say... Was to a certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay, in fields where they lay uh, keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so deep. And there's that refrain that we hear again and again Noel, Noel, born is the King of Israel. Last week, we heard about this whole story around the shepherds, and Mark centered around that as he gave us that carol, What Child Is This? And I want to move on from this sort of group of characters, but to the wise men in which the first Noel actually talks a lot about um, in this carol as we journey towards the birth of Jesus. And it's on that night where Jesus was born that the first Noel, one star sang a song for the ages in all of its brightness. It declared glory in the highest and with the fulfillment of all of God's promises. It was a long-awaited star proclaiming a long-awaited Messiah, a star of stars that announced the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In fact, the first Noel might be one of the oldest hymns that we have. Some think that the tune was actually written in the 1200s. That's going back, isn't it? The 1200s. But the first, uh, the Christmas words were added around 600 years later. And the word Noel actually comes from the Latin word that means to be born. But Noel later came to mean Christmas. So consequently, when we hear the first Noel, we are also talking about the first Christmas. It was at the beginning of the 19th century that the singing of Christmas carols was actually dying out in England, and it is Davies uh, Gilbert who is credited with initiating a sort of revival of sorts. The First Noel was first published in Gilbert's Some Ancient Christmas Carols in 1823, Um, and he took it from a manuscript of Cornish carols made around 1817. So we're going right back. Even 10 years later, there was another chap named William Sandys who was concerned about the celebration of Christmas was sort of on the wane. His action that changed this was to compile a collection of carols uh, in order to preserve them. Sandy's collection of Christmas carols began with a history of the Christmas celebration followed by a total of 80 carols. And it's here that The first Noel was first published with the words by Sandys in 1833 in his edition of Christmas Carols, Ancient and Modern. We know that we've been celebrating the birth of Jesus since uh, 300 AD, which means Christians have formally and collectively been celebrating the birth of Jesus for 1,700 years. A long time. And if the first Noel was First sung in the 1800s, figureheads like Abraham Lincoln would have sung it. In fact, bringing that closer to home, if you think about your great-great-great-grandparents would have also sung that song. Gosh, you even pause for a moment and think, how many people would have sung this first Noel over all the years about this first Christmas occurring on that cold winter's night that was so deep? What I love about this carol is that it takes us on a journey with the wise men as depicted in the Bible. Uh, And we see this in Matthew chapter 2, mirroring the very story and journey towards the birth of Jesus. Here's the verse 2 of the first Noel. They looked up and they saw a star shining in the east beyond them far. And to the earth it gave great light. And so it continued both day and night. Noel, Noel, born is the king of Israel. Still referring to the shepherds who saw that star after they were encountered by that bright angel. This star was so far in the east, yet it shone over the entire earth. You know those nights where it's pitch black outside, but it's a full moon? You shouldn't see in front of you, but because the moon is shining so bright, you actually see in front of you. You can see down the way. Well, this star was so much brighter and even though it was so far it lit up the entire earth i wonder how as well the star could give off such light not only at the night time but also during the day so that it was a guiding light for these wise men verse 3 it says by the light of that same star three wise men came from country far to seek for a king that was their intent and to follow the star wherever it went noel noel born is the king of Israel, Matthew writes that these wise men, they studied the skies and they saw this star in the sky. They were educated men who specialized in astronomy and astrology and the natural sciences. Then they saw this star that told them something profound had happened. Something that would change the course of history. And what I also love about this carol is that they, as they followed the star what they were actually doing is following the very place that Jesus would be. They were following Jesus. And I love that God chose light as that guiding factor in the story. And I want to tell you today, no matter what we are facing, God will always make a way. And he will always put light in dark places. I don't know how you came in today. And John touched on maybe how you might have been feeling coming in. Maybe you're feeling tired today, tired of this week and this month of these two years. Maybe you're feeling just a bit overwhelmed, a bit overworked. Maybe you're feeling a bit lost. Gosh, if you're feeling a bit lost, I want to know that this is the right place for you today. Maybe you're facing grief or facing a Christmas with lost ones that we uh, can't celebrate with. Maybe you're facing financial hardship or facing a relationship issue, maybe facing a health concern, or maybe even struggling with your mental health. I want to tell you today, it might feel a bit dark, but you know what, if there's anything to remember today, if you forget everything else, I want you to remember this, is that no matter how dark it gets, there will always be light. Always be light. Even in darkness, you only need a little bit of light like the spark from a match for that light to penetrate the darkness. But when we come to know the very name and very person of Jesus, he doesn't just give us a little light. He gives us a big light. And this is the light we see in the story. We have to believe that even in the darkness, all you need is that little light. Do as the wise men did. Look up keep looking up, keep following Jesus, because the more light you let in, the less dark it becomes. Something quite profound that we see in light. In the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was. And then God saw that the light was good. So we know that light is good. So he used it to guide the wise men and the light that showed them where Jesus was. And then we see that cemented really when Jesus grew up. And in his ministry, he spoke to the people who were around him and he declared that he was the great I am. And what was the one of the I am's? He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life mirroring exactly that light that was the guiding light towards him when he was born. I love that. We have to stay close to the light. We have to stay close to Jesus. And what we need to do is trust in him. It reminds me of my favorite verse in the Bible. To trust in the Lord with all your heart. To lean not on your own understanding, But to acknowledge and submit to him, and he will direct your path. He will shine a light on your path, so you'll know where to go. In our home, I actually got that very verse uh, printed. Um, It was more of like a a token. Actually, my wife gave it to me because my property management company was actually named after it, three, five, six, with with the actual verses And we put it, pride and place, right up in our bedroom on my bookshelf, way up high, as a reminder. And even just this week, I felt a bit tired. I felt a bit overwhelmed. And a situation that I'm currently facing is sitting on the end of my bed and just thinking, God trying to think through all the different ways that I can solve this problem. And you know, when you have got a problem, you try to do that, don't you? We try to solve these things on our own. We try to do every single thing first. And I was reminded because all I had to do was just look up. And I read, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't try and figure it out on your own but submit it all to me, Jesus said, and I'll make a way. And the weight that was just lifted off with the memory of what Jesus can do for me, what Jesus can do for you, maybe today that's the memory that you need. Trust in him. He'll make a way. Amen? Amen. 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 I love what the message version says as well. It says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure everything out on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything that you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all, but run to God, run from evil. And I love this, when you get close to the light, what happens? Your body will glow with health and your bones will vibrate with life. And I love not only when Jesus came and he said, I am the light of the world, that when he was on uh, the Sermon on the Mount and he was preaching to the people, he then said, not only am I the light of the world, but now you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. And in the same way, let your light shine. There is so much good in light. And if you know Jesus today, you have that same light. So walk in it today. I want to read you the account from Matthew chapter 2 as you sort of go from Bible to Carol and see the journey unfold. The wise men actually came to Jerusalem and walked into the town which Herod is king. Starting from verse 1, it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of Herod the king, he was known as Herod the Great, uh, Magi the uh wise men from the east came to jerusalem asking well where is he who has been born king of the jews for we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him the thing is with this is that they didn't say well where is this baby who will become king one day no they saw a star and they said no there's going to be there is a baby king a baby who's already a king and we're here to worship him it's fascinating that the wise men already knew this. Because think about it. When you are born into royalty and there's already a reigning monarch, you don't step into that position. You, you become a prince or a princess because someone's already in power. Someone's reigning. And it was the same place. Herod the king, he was known as king of the Jews. Yet Jesus was born king. Even Herod, who we read in this story, He was ruling at the time. He was known as Herod the Great, King of the Jews. He was born into a prominent, wealthy family known as great, but only great because of what he had accomplished up to the time that he was king, while he was king. And that's what made him great. But what a contrast we see between Herod and Jesus. Herod born into wealth and prestige and glamour and and became powerful and great over time. Then we have Jesus Jesus, who was born into poverty, in a manger, in a stable, to poor individuals yet named king. But not only king, he was named king of kings. Not only Lord, but Lord of lords. And Messiah, an anointed one. Not through what he had accomplished, but just of who he belonged to. You see, where Jesus' surroundings did not define him as who he belonged to that made all the difference. Made all the difference. So when the wise men came to Herod, asked that question, well, where is this king of the Jews? Let's see what his response was. When Herod the king heard this, so he was disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him. Of course he would be disturbed if a wise man came in and said, hey, King of the Jews. Where's this other baby, King of the Jews? And he's like, "Well, what's that? I'm, I'm clearly the one reigning. I'm the, clearly the one that's in charge. Clearly, this is becoming a bit of a threat right now to me." So what does he do? He gathers together all of the chief priests and the scribes of the people. And I love where the Amplified Version says, "He anxiously asked them where the Christ is, this Messiah, this Anointed One was to be born." And they replied, "Well, it's in Bethlehem in Judea, for this is where." Of what it had been written by the prophet Micah. And we see that prophecy there. Then Herod secretly sent for the Magi, the, the three wise men, and learned from them the exact time the star had first appeared. Then they sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go search for the child carefully, and when you have found him, report to me so that I may too come to worship. I don't know about you, but if I was Herod the King, when someone was coming and threatening my position and these wise men were trying to find that very person, I wouldn't let them go anywhere. I'd be putting them into prison. You ain't going to find this other person because I have worked hard and accomplished and I am now the great person. So clearly, no one's going to threaten that. But he was sneaky. He said, I want to send you out. Do the dirty work. Try and find this baby king. Because I want to come and worship him. But we know all too well this plot wasn't to worship. This plot was to kill. Eliminate the threat as quickly as possible. After hearing the king, they went their way. And behold, the star which had been seen in the east went on before them, continually leading their way until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. I love that. They saw the star and they rejoiced. It wasn't just joy, it was great joy. It wasn't just great joy, but an exceedingly great joy. You see, the th- wise men were enamored with the star, just like we might be with that first snowfall of the year. Do you remember that a few weeks ago? The, the, the tiny dusting we had? Do you remember that? Yeah. It was like, like someone like, like God has got the ice and sugar around, just dusted on top of everything, wasn't it? And it went out to where we live, over the brook and the fields. And I saw it just untouched in the morning. And I was just like, wow. Or maybe it's someone in your family gets engaged. um, And she comes in and you give them, what's the first thing you do? You give them a hug. Or maybe a fist pump. And the first thing you do is, well, show me the ring. And they show you the ring and you go, wow, that's amazing. Or maybe it's your favorite football team. And maybe you're 1-1 in the game, and it's that second last shot to beat that biggest rival. Everyone's like, yes, amazing, exceeding joy. The wise men were like that. They saw this star, and they were enamored, blown away. And now all they wanted to do was get to where it would rest couldn't take their eyes off it. Nothing would distract them. Nothing would get in the way because they knew the Savior would come by that great light. This Christmas, the birth of Jesus is a reminder that we can experience an exceeding joy like this as well. And the carol goes on in verse 4, and it says, This star drew nigh in the northwest. Over Bethlehem it took its rest. And there it did both stop and stay, right over the place where Jesus lay. Noel, Noel, born is the king of Israel. And in verse 5, it says, Then entered in those wise men three, full reverently upon their knee, and offered there in his place their gold and myrrh and frankincense. Noel, Noel, born is the king of Israel. And we see it in Matthew 2 in verse 11. After they entered the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshipped him. And then after they had opened their treasure chest, another translation says they opened their luggage and they presented him with gifts, fit for a king, gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to go back to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. Not just enamored by the star, but now mesmerized by King Jesus. Another translation says they were overcome by the sight of Jesus, that they fell to their knees in worship. And their only response was that, to worship. Make an offering and the giving of gifts, knowing that no gift would ever be enough for this king. What I love what happened next is that God had made a plan for them. The wise men didn't know what was going to happen next. They didn't know what Herod was going to do. Were they going to come try and come find them? What was the uncertainty? Where were they going next? What were they going to do now that he, they found his baby king, his baby king Jesus? I love what happens next. That God had a plan for them, spoke to them in a dream, not to return, but go another way. I want to come back to how you came in today or whatever you're facing this Christmas. But I believe that God will lead the way. God will make a way through. Or do you know what? He may even create another way. We've got to trust in Him, He who created the stars. And I love what this carol concludes. It concludes with a triumphant end. Then let us all with one accord sing praises to our heavenly Lord, who hath made heaven and earth of naught, and with his blood mankind hath bought. Noel, Noel, born is the king of Israel. And there we see that line that changes it all, speaking into future when Jesus would die on a cross, and with his blood mankind hath bought. Make no mistake, if you follow the star, your life will change. When we pursue Jesus and his light, He uncovers and confronts our sin, our selfishness, our resistance to Him. But fear not today. Through this King and by His death years later on the cross, we are saved from ourselves, saved from death and into an eternal life with Him. Don't miss the star. Don't fear its message. It brings the best news any of us could ever hear. This is where the power of Christmas comes from a baby king who becomes the saviour of the world. I don't know about you, but he's changed my life and he can change your life as well. So remember today and this Christmas that Jesus is the light of the world, that we need to trust in him with all of our hearts because he is guiding us along the path, directing us everywhere we go. And no matter how dark it gets, there will always be light. So look up today, because the light is there. And this Christmas, let's be enamored by the birth of Jesus and the saving power of the cross. We're going to sing this carol right now, which version has been slightly condensed, but it declares our worship as one accord. And we even sing an extra verse which says we will sing out hallelujah. Son of heaven, come to dwell. We will bow down. We will worship our Messiah, Emmanuel, which we know means God is with us. In Jesus' name, amen.